If we try to tackle everything the Bible says, all right, I'm going to get this right, I'm going to get that right, and I'm going to do, do, do all this. Well, it's good to do the right thing because it's the right thing, but guess what? You're not going to earn your way to heaven. Know that Jesus provides salvation for us for free. It was not free to him. He paid for it, right? It cost a lot on the cross, but he provides it freely for us. And he invites us to enter that rest. And then through the grace of Jesus, through the power of Jesus living in us, we start to experience a life of holiness. Welcome to Ben's Bible Podcast. I'm Ben Burkhart, your host, and on this podcast, we share refreshing and faith-building biblical truths. I hope you'll plan to join us on a regular basis. God bless you, and let's jump in to this week's episode. Welcome to the podcast. Ben Burkhart here, and I'm so glad you're joining me. We have a very important topic today. We are looking at the Sabbath in the New Testament. If the New Testament was all we had, what would we learn about the Sabbath? Was it important to Jesus? What did he teach? What did he say? We're going to find out and explore these things in today's lesson. This is a lesson that I recently recorded before a live audience, presenting live, and I really believe you'll be blessed by it. So before we jump into the message, let's go ahead and pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you so much for this day. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to study your word. We pray that your Holy Spirit will guide us today as we open up the Bible and learn the lessons of Jesus and the teachings of Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would bless each listener today as they are going about their daily business. Lord, please bless them as they seek to study your word and to learn of you. We thank you for this and pray in Jesus' name, amen. So if all I had was my New Testament, okay, this is a big Bible. The larger part of it is the Old Testament. And then we have the New Testament written from the time of Jesus going forward. If all I had was my New Testament scriptures, what could I learn about the Sabbath? If I just had the New Testament only, what could I learn about the Sabbath? That's, that's something I want to look at here this morning, where we're not going to go looking at the Old Testament today. We're just going to explore the New Testament and say, if that's all I had. Now, I'm thankful I have the whole Bible. Amen. Are you? You're thankful we have the whole Bible? We believe in the whole Bible. But we're just going to be looking, particularly this morning, at the New Testament. What could I learn about the Sabbath if that's all I had? And would I be able to learn very much about it? Would I, would I want to observe the Sabbath after reading and studying about it in the New Testament. Do those Bible verses lead me that direction? We're going to find out as we study these things here this morning. Also, would, would Jesus teach me how to observe it? Would I be able to observe it in the right way? Or some people wonder, would Jesus discourage me from keeping the Sabbath? Or would he encourage me to keep the Sabbath? What would Jesus say if we were just reading in the New Testament? Does Jesus actually say things about the Sabbath? He does, doesn't he? We're going to be looking at those questions and find out what the New Testament says about this very important topic in the Bible. So let's bow our heads and pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you so much for this morning. 
We have some important things to explore today in the scriptures. We want to know, Lord, what the Bible says. We want to know what your word says. We pray that you would open up our hearts by your Holy Spirit. And Lord, may you show us the teachings of scripture. Show us the teachings of Jesus. Lord, help us to be clear in our minds what the good book says, what your word says. This morning, particularly in the New Testament, what does it say? Lord, please guide us and teach us the way of Jesus because we only want to follow Jesus in all things. And so, Lord, we just thank you for this special opportunity we have to learn of Jesus and his teachings. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So, to look at the scriptures, the New Testament scriptures regarding the Sabbath, what could we learn about the Sabbath from the New Testament? There are a number of verses. In fact, there are so many scriptures on this topic in the New Testament alone that I won't be able to share them all with you this morning. Is that incredible? That we won't be able to cover them all in this one lesson? But we're going to be looking at some incredible Bible scriptures on this topic and see how God has a blessing for our lives in store. And in a future lesson, I'm going to be teaching the other part of the scriptures in the New Testament on this topic. A lot of powerful Bible verses that we are going to be looking at. And if you have your Bibles there handy, I encourage you to follow along with me today. We are going to Hebrews chapter 4 as we begin this journey of exploration in the New Testament. So please turn over to Hebrews right at the end of Paul's writings. You have that book there, Hebrews. So you'll go through Thessalonians and Timothy and all that stuff, and then you'll find Hebrews after you get through all those books. Okay, Hebrews chapter 4. We're looking here at verses 1 through 6 in particular. And this is what the Bible says. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. As we hear the word of God, do we need to have faith to trust what God's word says? As God's word is spoken, we need to have faith in the word of God. Amen? We need to believe what God has said in the Bible. Because there's a lot of folks in the world today who will study this book, but they will not do anything in the book because they don't have faith. They don't follow it because they don't have faith. We need faith this morning, amen? It is by faith that we enter into the rest that the Lord has provided. Does God believe in rest? Well, yes, He does. Do you believe in rest? How many of you believe in rest? Please don't rest too hard in church. <laughs> I mean, be restful, but all right. So we believe in rest. We do. And it says here that God has a promise of rest. He wants us to enter into rest. And let's find out more of the story in verse 3. For we which have believed do enter into rest. By the way, in the Hebrew, now the New Testament that we're looking at today is written in Greek. Okay, it's written in Greek. But the Old Testament was written primarily in Hebrew. The word 
the Hebrew word for rest is what? Does anyone know? Shabbat. Shabbat is the, the Hebrew word for rest, which is where we get the word Sabbath. It means rest. That's what the word means. It means rest. So here the Bible says that we are to enter into rest when we believe. It says, verse 3, As I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. The Bible talks about how God created everything in the very beginning of the world. And God had a plan for our salvation from the beginning of the world, didn't he? When Adam and Eve committed sin, did God already have a plan for salvation? Yes, he did. Verse 4, For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise. And God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest, seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Okay? So here the Bible, in this passage of rest, it talks about the seventh day, and that God finished his works and rested on the seventh day. The Bible brings that out, and it's telling us that we need to enter into God's rest, okay? To enter into God's rest. In fact, entering into basically what God has done for us, Adam and Eve at creation experienced rest in God's work, His completed work. But you notice that the bigger picture here, what are they talking about in Hebrews 4? They're talking about the experience of salvation. Okay, we believe in salvation in Jesus here this morning. Amen? We believe in salvation by grace through faith in the Lord. We believe in salvation by grace through faith. The Bible says we need to enter into this experience of rest, where we trust in God's completed works for our salvation. And not everyone has entered in. It says, it says some still need to enter in. We just read that. It says some haven't entered in. People need to enter into this rest. You know that it's possible. It is possible to be sitting in church. It is possible to know what the Bible says and to not have an experience of rest with God. Is that true? Yeah, that's true. It's possible to be sitting here and to know a lot of things and not have an experience of rest. You know, Jesus in his time, he's talked to a lot of religious people. They knew all sorts of teachings from the Bible, all kinds of things about God. Did they all have spiritual rest? No. They showed up every week in church, ready to work. They had a list of laws that they were going to follow, and if they could just do it perfectly, somehow they would consider themselves righteous. But by whose righteousness are we saved? Is it ours or is it His? It's His. The righteousness of Jesus. It's by His righteousness that we are saved, which is perfect. Now, does God want us to live righteous lives? Yes. But we're not working our way or earning our way to heaven. We are saved by the perfect righteousness, the spotless righteousness of Jesus. And there are some verses 
that we should consider. One of those is found here in Joel. Now, this is Old Testament, but it's not talking about the Sabbath specifically, okay? So I'm not leaving the New Testament, just in case you're wondering. I'm going to stay in the New Testament here on this topic. But I'm going to share with you this concept from the Old Testament uh, regarding what God wants to do in our hearts. Okay, I'll read it to you from Joel 2, and this is verse 12 and 13. Therefore also now, saith the Lord, turn ye even to me with all your heart, and with fasting, and with weeping, and mourning, and rend your heart, and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repenteth him of the evil. Do we serve an amazing God? Bible says that he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, of great kindness. What, what a wonderful God, right? Great kindness and love of God. The Bible says here, rend your heart and not your garments. You know, there was an ancient custom when you have some kind of grief or a sign of repentance, you would rip your clothes open, you'd tear your garments, and you'd be in mourning and grief. And that was a sign of great grieving to just rip it open. Now, don't anyone rip their shirt off here this morning, okay? Uh, no need for that. But that's what they would do. They would rend their garments. And you know what the Lord said in Joel? He said, rend your heart. Tear your heart. Break your heart for your sin. And remember that God is a loving God, a compassionate God, a merciful God. God wants to forgive you for your sins. Rend your heart and not your garments. You know, the Pharisees in Jesus' day, they were very good at rending their garments. They were very good at the external things and the external signs, but the deeper experience of the heart they were lacking, weren't they? And so God wants us to enter into His rest this morning, not merely on the external, but on the internal. God wants us to experience Him in a deep way, to experience true rest in Jesus. Now, there's a New Testament verse that tells us exactly about this. Please turn to Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. If you have your Bible handy, Matthew, we're looking at chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. So, from Matthew 11, verse 28, the Bible says this, from the words of Jesus, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? Jesus wants to give us rest this morning. Amen? Jesus wants to give us rest. He invites us to come to Him. He says, you're laboring, you're heavily burdened, but I'm going to give you rest. Because guess what? You don't have to work your way to heaven this morning. You don't have to work your way to heaven because Jesus wants to live in your heart. And Jesus has purchased heaven for us with His righteous life and His death on Calvary. Jesus paid for your sins and my sins. He takes away the burden of our guilt. We've done wrong. We have erred. But Jesus paid for it on the cross. He washes away our sin with His blood, with His own blood. And in place of our imperfect lives, our faulty lives, Jesus puts His perfect righteousness which alone can be accepted before God. And so he says, look, 
You're heavily laden. You're laboring, but come to me and I will give you rest. Verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. That's the Hebrew word, Shabbat, rest. You will find Sabbath for your soul. You will find rest for your soul, Jesus says, if you come to me, if you experience his saving grace in your life. Jesus says we can experience that in God. And he says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, it's not hard when Jesus lives in your heart. When the power comes from Jesus, when the strength comes from Jesus, it's not hard. If we try to tackle everything the Bible says, all right, I'm going to get this right, I'm going to get that right, and I'm going to do, do, do all this. Well, it's good to do the right thing because it's the right thing, but guess what? You're not going to earn your way to heaven. Know that Jesus provides salvation for us for free. It was not free to him. He paid for it, right? It cost a lot on the cross, but he provides it freely for us. And he invites us to enter that rest. And then through the grace of Jesus, through the power of Jesus living in us, we start to experience a life of holiness. Have you ever wondered about the Bible? What does it really mean? While some things are simple to understand, other things are not as easy. Questions like, how will Jesus come? What will the end of the world really be like? What happens when we die? And is there really a hellfire where the devil roasts people for endless ages? How can I find personal peace in my life? And if God is love, why is the world so evil? These are very important questions, and the Bible has clear answers to all of those questions. To begin your Bible study journey, please visit woosda.com. That's W-O-O-S-D-A.com. We start to grow. God is changing us, amen? God is working with us. And so this is the experience that the Lord wants us to have. And Hebrews 4 talks about the seventh day in this way. It talks about rest in this way. Rest in His completed works for us. So the Sabbath day becomes a sign or a symbol between God and His people. This is New Testament teaching, isn't it? In Hebrews 4. New Testament teaching about the Sabbath. And guess what? It was also in the Old Testament that was a sign there. But the Bible in the New Testament says the Sabbath is a sign of covenant between God and His people. That we have entered into a relationship of rest with Jesus Christ. That we trust in Jesus and His righteousness and His works for our salvation. We rest in His love. We rest in what Jesus has done for us. And that's powerful, isn't it? That's really powerful. So Hebrews 4 is telling us of the special nature of the Sabbath, that it becomes a sign. The Sabbath is therefore an outward sign of an inward experience. That when we come to worship and celebrate the Sabbath day, we celebrate Jesus and His righteousness. Jesus and what He has done for us. And that gives an incredible meaning to the seventh day. To, to God's rest day, doesn't it? That's amazing. So we learn that God rested on the Sabbath. We learn that God did a lot of work and He rested, and He wants us to enter that rest. He's calling us to enter rest in Jesus. The Sabbath is a sign of rest in Jesus, amen? It's not a sign of works or working your way. It's a sign of rest in Jesus. It's a sign of faith that we believe in God and His Word. That's what the Sabbath is about. 
Some people say, oh, if you want to keep the Sabbath, you're works-oriented. No, actually, we're rest-oriented <laughs> because the Sabbath is about rest, not works, isn't it? It's about rest, resting in Jesus. So the New Testament tells us that the seventh day, the Sabbath, the Shabbat, the rest, is uh, to show our relationship with Jesus Christ. Very, very important. The New Testament clearly uses this as a symbol of righteousness by faith. The Sabbath is a symbol of righteousness by faith. That is clear New Testament teaching. And the Lord wants us all to enter into that experience with God. We cannot be left out. We need to get in there. We need to rest in Jesus. We need to trust in Jesus by faith and experience the salvation that He provides. That's what God has in store for us. Now, let's take a look at another verse in the New Testament regarding the Sabbath. We're going to go to, uh, to Luke chapter 4 and verse 16, looking at the example of Jesus, our Savior. So Luke chapter 4 and verse 16. As a Christian, we are a follower of Jesus, amen? We want to follow Jesus and what Jesus does. And so here in Luke 4, 16, the Bible tells us about the experience and practice of Jesus. And it says, And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And, as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. Now, you may know that the early Christians also worshipped in synagogues at first. Did you know that? A lot of the early Christians were even Jewish. And then they got kicked out. <laughs> they started changing things and saying, well, if you're going to come to synagogue, you can't believe in Jesus. And so, of course, the Christians began meeting in house churches and other kinds of churches where they could you know, establish their own houses of worship, their distinct houses of worship. But you notice here Jesus is raised, of course, as a Jew in Judaism and as the Son of God at the same time. And the Bible says that he goes to Nazareth where he had been brought up and as his custom was. What is a custom? A custom is something we usually do. It's a regular thing that we do. It's a, it's a practice that continues on and on and on. It's a custom. And so Jesus, his custom was to go in to the synagogue. In other words, to go into the place of worship, the house of worship. Okay. And it says he went into the house of worship on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. What did Jesus do regarding the Sabbath? Jesus considered the Sabbath a special day of worship, didn't he? It was a special day of worship for Jesus. And on the Sabbath day, Jesus would gather with the other believers and go into the house of worship. This was the life of Jesus. This was the example of Jesus. That he would go in on the Sabbath day, and he considered it the day of worship, the day of congregating, the day of coming together for worship. This is what they would do on the Sabbath. Jesus himself gives us this life example, his regular life practice and custom. The man we all love, the man we all worship, the man we all serve, Jesus, the Son of God, worshiped on the Sabbath day in the house of God. Amen? 
He would come to church and worship every Sabbath. So we learn from the New Testament that Jesus was a Sabbath keeper. Now the Pharisees might not agree because Jesus broke some of the Pharisees' laws, but he didn't break the biblical teachings, and that will have to be for another lesson to get into that. But Jesus was a Sabbath keeper. He went to the house of worship on the Sabbath day. And so we learn from the New Testament that the Sabbath day is a day of worship. It's a day for the congregation to come together in the house of God. It's a day like where Jesus stood up and read the scriptures in the front. So it's a day of worship. That's what Jesus did. That's what he practiced. And um, I think you can't find a better example than Jesus. <laughs> can't find a better example than our Savior. And so we find this wonderful example of Jesus about the Sabbath. But you know, there's also a lot more here in the New Testament. The next verse we want to look at is Luke 23 and verse 54. Let's go to Luke 23. All right, here in Luke 23, almost at the end of Luke there, you find in verse 54, this was actually the day on which Jesus was crucified. That dark day when Jesus was crucified on Calvary. But you know it was a day of blessing too. Even though it was a dark day, it was a day that Jesus purchased our salvation. So God brings light out of darkness, amen? God brings light out of darkness. So here in Luke 23, in verse 54, it says, And that day was the preparation, and the Sabbath drew on. Jesus was hanging on the cross on that day, and the Sabbath was drawing on. It was a preparation day, and the Sabbath was coming. So we learn a number of things here. We learn that there is to be a time of preparation for the Sabbath, don't we? We learn there's a time of prep there was a preparation day. The New Testament teaches that. Now the Old Testament teaches that too. Yeah, if you go back and study, uh, I think it's uh, Exodus 16, you'll find there's a preparation day mentioned for the Sabbath. The idea that you don't just slide into the Sabbath unprepared. Ah, oh, we're here, but we forgot to buy food. We forgot to get gas. We forgot. All kinds of things. Well, the Bible says there's a day of preparation so you can get ready for the Sabbath. And that's New Testament teaching because we find it right here in the New Testament. There was a day of preparation. And Jesus was hanging on the cross on that preparation day. He was breathing out his last for you and for me. And that's pretty powerful. What else do we find here? In verse 54 and 56, it says this, And the women also which came with him from Galilee followed after and beheld the sepulcher and how his body was laid. And they returned and prepared spices and ointments and rested the Sabbath day according to the commandment. All right, so Jesus was there on the cross dying for us, on the preparation day. The Sabbath was drawing near. Now this also teaches us that the Sabbath comes when the sun goes down. There's a lot of other verses in the New Testament that talk about that, some other references. 
There are also many verses in the Old Testament that talk about the day changing when the sun goes down. Jesus was hanging there on preparation day. The Sabbath was drawing on because the sun was going down. And then they put his body in the tomb. Okay? So we're learning that, that as the sun goes down, the day changes and the Sabbath begins. It comes at sundown. This is New Testament teaching right here in Luke 23. Okay, so, so the Sabbath was drawing on. Now, the women, they see his body taken down. They follow to the tomb, and they see where his body is laid. It happened very quick. They were not prepared fully for Jesus to be dying on the cross that day. They didn't expect it at all. And so Jesus, well, Jesus died. Well, after they saw his body, they went home, and they said, you know what, we have to prepare spices and ointments for his body. Usually you do something to prepare the body before burial. Burial. But Jesus was buried without being prepared for burial. The lady said, no, we've got to prepare. So they run home and they prepare. But guess what? Time didn't stop, did it? The sun went down before they could go back and anoint his body. They prepared everything. Sun went down. We're out of time. Now they love Jesus. They, they would think, I wanna, you know, I wanna anoint his body. That's important. We love Jesus. We want to anoint his body. But they said, you know, Jesus would not approve of us breaking the Sabbath. Even though it's a special work, it's a good work, it's a worthy work. We're going to rest. Now think about it. God's creation, was that a good work? Was that a worthy work? Absolutely. But he still rested on the Sabbath day, had a special focus on the Sabbath day. So they said, all right, we need to rest. The Bible says that the closest followers of Jesus, the closest disciples of Jesus, they rested on the Sabbath day according to the commandment. Now that tells me something special about the Sabbath. That tells me that the Sabbath is actually a commandment. It's not just an I think so, or I might do, I should do. God has commanded me. I mean, God has said, we need to rest. We need to rest on the Sabbath day. We need to remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And so the New Testament is telling us that, hey, this is not just a suggestion, this is a commandment from the Lord. And we do know it's one of the Ten Commandments. That's where that list comes from. So the New Testament tells us that, yes, the Sabbath is a commandment. And here it tells us that the disciples of Jesus, they rested on the Sabbath day according to the commandment. How about Jesus? Did he rest on that Sabbath day? He did, didn't he? Jesus rested on that Sabbath day in the tomb. Do you know Jesus was active at creation, wasn't he? He was active there at creation, creating all things, and then he rested on the Sabbath day. Jesus kept the Sabbath day at creation, the very first rest day that we know of for this world's history. And then the Bible tells us that on the cross, Jesus hung there. John 19, you can read about it. And as Jesus hung there and he finally breathed out his last, he said some words, didn't he? What did he say? It is finished. It is finished. What was finished? Yes, the purchasing of our salvation. He had 
done his ministry. He had poured out his life for you and for me. Jesus paid our debt. It is finished. He died on the cross. He finished his work for purchasing our salvation. Isn't that amazing? And then he rested on the Sabbath day. Does the Sabbath day take on new meaning in the New Testament? Incredible meaning in Jesus? That he completed a special work for our salvation and then he rested on the Sabbath in the tomb? Yes, Jesus rested on the Sabbath day. And his disciples, his closest followers, they all went and rested too, according to the commandment. Well, that, that tells us a lot about the Sabbath. You know, how special it is and the various things here that we can learn. But guess what? There's a little bit more. Let's take a look at the next chapter, Luke 24 and verse 1. Now, upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. So they knew because the Sabbath was coming, they had to finish this job later. That teaches us if you have some work, like a project you're working on and the Sabbath is coming, you're like, the sun's coming down, the Sabbath is about to start. You can follow the example of these disciples of Jesus and say, all right, we're going to rest. You know, the sun's coming down. We're going to put this project away. We're going to rest on the Sabbath. And after the Sabbath, we'll finish the job. Right? That's how it works. If we're not done, you just close up the project. And it can wait until after the Sabbath. And then we continue on with the work. So that's what the disciples did. They went to finish the work. Now, it says upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they went there to the tomb. But did they find Jesus in the tomb? Yes or no? No, Jesus was, he was gone. He had risen. Jesus rose from the grave, amen? Jesus conquered death. Jesus rested on the Sabbath, and then he sprung to action, sprung to life again to continue his work on our behalf. Isn't that amazing? Is God still working for us today? Is Jesus still working on our behalf? He is, absolutely. And so Jesus continues on the first day of the week. So we know the Sabbath is the seventh day of the week, and we know that the day that Jesus rose and the disciples came to the tomb was the first day of the week. Now, the first day of the week, what is the first day of the week? Which day did Jesus rise on? Sunday. Why do people celebrate Easter Monday? No, it's not Monday, is it? Easter what? Sunday. Okay, Easter Sunday. I just want to make sure you're listening. Okay, so Easter Sunday, because we know that Sunday is the first day of the week. Some people think Monday is the first day. Actually, in truth, the first day of the week is Sunday. And everyone knows that's the day that Jesus rose from the tomb. So if the first day of the week is Sunday, that means the Sabbath is the day before Sunday, which would be what day? The seventh day of the week, which would be Saturday. So the Bible shows us which day is the Sabbath day. Sunday is the first day of the week. That means the seventh day is the day right before, which means Saturday. Saturday is the Sabbath day, according to the New Testament. And in the first century, they used what was called the Julian calendar. 
that had seven days, seven-day week, just like what we use now. And it was the same exact weekly cycle on the Julian calendar. So you have the first day is Sunday, and you go right on through all the way to the seventh day, and then start again. And then years later, they updated the calendar to the Gregorian calendar, named after Pope Gregory. That's the one that we're using today, the Gregorian calendar. And it's the same exact weekly cycle. They never changed the weekly cycle. It stayed exactly the same. So Jesus knew which day was the Sabbath, and the Romans had it on their calendar. And we today are using the Gregorian calendar, which has the exact same weekly cycle. So we haven't missed any days here, have we? So we know that the Sabbath day is the seventh day of the week, and that is Saturday, the day before the first day, the day before Sunday. So the New Testament makes it very clear when the Sabbath is. The New Testament makes it very clear that the Sabbath is a commandment. The New Testament makes it very clear that Jesus rested on the Sabbath and Jesus worshiped on the Sabbath. And the Sabbath is a special sign of our salvation, of our relationship with Jesus. The New Testament makes all of these things very clear. The Bible here tells us that the disciples of Jesus, the closest followers of Jesus, rested on the Sabbath day according to the commandment. They had respect to God's commandments. Jesus taught his followers to keep his commandments if they love him. Amen? This is what the Bible teaches. So we have here already a lot of truth regarding the Sabbath day. A lot of amazing truth from the New Testament. There's a little bit more that I want to point out. I think I have a couple minutes here at least uh, to point out just a couple things here. So the Sabbath day, we know obviously it's the first day, uh, sorry, seventh day of the week, day of rest. And we have a few statements from Jesus. We read this verse this morning, Mark 2, 27 and 28. So if you can turn there in your Bibles to Mark chapter 2, second gospel, Mark 2, we're going to look at verse 27 and 28. Some of these incredible teachings of Jesus. Mark 2, 27. Start right there. And he said unto them, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Now, the priests and the leaders of Jesus' day had accused Jesus of breaking the Sabbath. He did some things like healing people on the Sabbath and other sorts of things. And they said, look, you're breaking the Sabbath. And Jesus said, am I breaking the Sabbath? I made the Sabbath. <laughs> I know how to keep the Sabbath. You guys don't know how to keep the Sabbath. And so Jesus explained to them the way that the Sabbath is supposed to work. He said the Sabbath is a blessing for mankind, not a curse. He says the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. The Pharisees had a lot of stringent laws. You could only take so many steps on the Sabbath day. You couldn't spit on the ground because you might water a plant and that would be work, according to the Pharisees. They had meticulous laws about the Sabbath. And Jesus says, you know what? That's nowhere in the Bible. And it's not anywhere in the heart of God. It's not what the Sabbath is about. You missed the point completely. And so they accused Jesus of breaking the Sabbath. But guess what? The Bible says Jesus never sinned. He never broke God's commandments. Jesus is fully righteous. 
and he knows what the Sabbath is all about. So he says the Sabbath was made for man. Now, some people say, hey, the Sabbath is for the Jews. Well, according to the New Testament, the Sabbath is for humankind, right? It's made for man. It's made for humanity. And if you go back to the time of Adam and Eve, when the very first Sabbath was instituted, well, it was just human beings. It wasn't the Jewish nation at that point. So Jesus says the Sabbath was made for man, for humanity, for us all to experience rest in God, to experience worship with God. Jesus wants us to experience that. And then he said this in verse 28, Therefore the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. Now that statement is repeated at least three times. In three of the Gospels, it's repeated. So we have it here in Mark, but we also have it in Matthew 12, 8, and we have it in Luke 6, 5. Jesus says that the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. Now, how many of you know about the verse Revelation 1.10? What does Revelation 1.10 tell us? Revelation 1.10. You know, the Apostle John writing it around A.D. 90 at the end of the first century. He says some important words in Revelation 1.10, and I'll read it to you here. He says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. The book of Revelation came to John when he was worshiping the Lord on the Lord's day. The book of Revelation was revealed to John when he was filled with the Holy Spirit on the Lord's day. Okay, so we have that text. And a lot of people, they'll say, now look here, he was worshiping on the Lord's day. And what do people in the world today and in the churches today commonly call the Lord's day? They'll say, that's Sunday. They'll say, that's Sunday. You know, so... So isn't it there in Revelation? Okay. Well, let's ask the question. What Bible verse tells us that Sunday is the Lord's day? I mean, because this says he was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and he heard a voice. But does it tell me which day is the Lord's day? It doesn't tell me which day is the Lord's day, right? So how do I know what the Lord's Day is? Well, I must have a Bible verse that explains that. And if you look, there are eight Bible verses in the New Testament that reference the first day of the week. Eight Bible verses that reference the first day of the week. And if you look at all of them, how many of them do you think tell us that the first day is the Lord's Day? Out of eight Bible verses in the New Testament for the first day of the week, how many of those verses tell us that the first day is the Lord's day. Want to take a guess? Zero. Is that, is that shocking? Is that surprising? I mean, all these verses, uh, references to the first day of the week, but no, none of them say the Lord's day is the first day. But you know what Jesus says here in Mark 2, 28, therefore the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath day. And we read about it in Matthew. And we read about it in Luke. That Jesus, he is the Lord of the Sabbath. It's his special day. Now this is New Testament teaching we're looking at here. 
How do we know what the Lord's day is? We have to let the Bible define what the Lord's day is. We have a lot of verses telling us that the Sabbath is the Lord's special day, the day of rest. We should enter into Jesus the Lord and Shabbat in Jesus. We should rest in Jesus. Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. We have a lot of verses here just in the New Testament, and I could go pages and pages in the Old Testament and show you other verses that tell us the same exact thing, where it says the Sabbath day is the day of the Lord, special day of rest. Okay, but we're only looking at the New Testament here. And so Jesus tells us, and the New Testament tells us, that the Lord's day is the Sabbath, the seventh day of the week, the day of rest. Because God rested on it, God blessed it, and God made it holy. Isn't that surprising? You know? So the Bible tells us, but as far as the first day, we just don't have any Bible verses that ever tell us that that is the Lord's day. Now, culturally, we have a lot that will tell us that. <laughs> if you look at the Church of Rome, the Roman Church, for hundreds of years, millennia even, they've been saying, well, the first day, Sunday, is the Lord's day. And so it's ingrained in our brains. And all the churches, we just think that's what the Bible says. But if you go read the Bible, it doesn't say that. It says the Sabbath is the Lord's special day. Isn't that incredible? So what we know, what we know for a fact is that at the end of the first century, the Lord had a special day and John enjoyed that special day. Amen. We know for a fact God had a special day. That's Revelation 1.10 and it says the Lord's day. And he was in the spirit. The Holy Spirit was with him. The Holy Spirit was blessing him. We know that for a fact. Now, as far as definitions go, let the Bible speak for itself. Let the Bible define for us what that special day is. And we see here that it was the Sabbath day that was the Lord's special day. So, something for us to really think about. Now, we've only touched the surface of this topic in the New Testament. Jesus has many, many teachings on this very point in the New Testament. And so, we're going to be having some more lessons coming up where we're going to learn about what the New Testament says regarding the Sabbath. Like, for example, how, how do we keep the Sabbath according to Jesus? Does Jesus say something about that? Does Jesus teach people how? Do you know that in all four of the Gospels, Jesus has major teachings regarding the Sabbath day? He has examples and he has major teachings, like actual instruction moments where he teaches about how to keep the Sabbath. Why would Jesus teach us how to keep the Sabbath if it wasn't important to him? If he didn't want us to keep it, why teach us how to do it? Like, why teach a kid how to drive if you don't want him to drive? <laughs> if you're not going to give him the keys to a car, why teach them how to drive that car? It's not going to be any good. So Jesus spends time teaching us how to keep the Sabbath because Jesus cared about how we keep the Sabbath. Doesn't that make sense? Is that fair? Is that fair? So we're going to learn more about that in some of our upcoming lessons. But I just want to uh, say, how about we follow Jesus today? How about we take the time to prayerfully search out the scriptures and study what Jesus says? Amen? We learn what the Lord says and we follow Jesus 100%. There's a lot of ideas in the world, a lot of ideas in the church. But what does the Bible say? What does Jesus say? That is the most important. And that's what we want to study. 
So will you stand with me today to say, Lord, I want to follow Jesus. Whatever Jesus teaches me, that's what I want to do. Will you say that this morning, today? Lord Jesus, I want to do whatever you have for me to do. Shall we stand together as we pray and then have our closing song? Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you for your incredible love. Thank you for your incredible mercy. Thank you for Jesus who shows us how to live and teaches us how to live in a way that will glorify you. I pray, Lord, that you would guide us and instruct us always in your ways and help us to remember what we have learned here today. And may we follow Jesus in everything that he reveals. For this we thank you and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this podcast. It's been great having you as a listener. May God richly bless your day. I look forward to having you join me for the next podcast. Blessings and take care.